MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Louis, you know, as I, I don't know if you remember, yeah. but as I, as, as I mentioned on the show yesterday, I recently had the chance to work with the USO, the, the, the nonprofit charity organization that helps support service members and their families. Earlier this year, I told them I, I wanted to help out. So they sent me to Thule Air Base, which is located at the northern end of Greenland, 750 miles above the Arctic Circle, because apparently they thought I'd be most helpful as far away from humanity as possible. <laughs> Turns out it's it's absolutely fascinating up there. Thule is now under the command of the newest branch of the military, the U.S. Space Force. And I wanted to learn about their mission at the top of the world. So I headed north to meet with Chief Master Sergeant Roger A. Toberman. Join me now on the multi-part adventure we're calling... The Late Show presents... Red, White, and Greenland. Stephen Colbert is lost in space force. I traveled far above the Arctic Circle to Thule, Greenland. As I voyaged across the stunning, desolate landscape 2,500 miles away from home, I couldn't help but think, walking was a bad choice. Finally, I met up with the Chief Master Sergeant of the Space Force. Hey, Chief Toberman, there you are. <laughs> Hi. Hey, thanks so much. Yes, sir, how Sorry. are you? Meeting me, uh, somewhere. I know your full title is Chief Master Sergeant of the United States Space Force, Roger A. Toberman. But in the interest of time, would it be okay if I just called you Chief Master Sergeant of the United States Space Force, Roger Toberman? (laughs) When did the concept of the Space Force begin? In 2001, the Rumsfeld Commission recommended to the Department of Defense that they consider standing up a Space Force. 2001 was literally the beginning of your space odyssey. Mm-hmm. Seen that movie? I have. Do you have any idea what the end means? No. What the hell is going on with that space baby? I don't know. Do you guys have a space baby? No. No? No. Would, could you tell me if you guys did have a giant space baby? Probably not. Okay, so you have a space baby. <laughs> what is the significance of Thule Air Base? Why up here? Obviously, it made a lot of sense during the Cold War, but there's no more tensions with Russia at this point. I think there still are some tensions. There's certainly... Uh, I don't really follow the news. What? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. There's... Uh, and so we still have an important uh, mission to look north, and, and this is the northernmost base that we have. So you get a great... Anywhere in the world, this is as far north as the U.S. military has a base. Yes, it is. So um, what's interesting from a space perspective is that the same technology we use to detect uh, early warnings of missiles, we can also see objects in space, so we can use it for space awareness as well, and mm-hmm. so kind of uniquely situated up here. How much warning do you get if there was a missile launch? Enough to um, just panic, or would I have time to limber up so I could literally kiss my ass goodbye? So I believe we'll get enough to maybe keep you from having to say goodbye okay. at all. But if I tell you any more of that, we might not be able to, so we'll just keep it at that level. 
I, I don't want you to tell me anything that could possibly endanger United States security unless it would be entertaining for people to hear. <laughs> I'm, I love space. I'm a huge fan of force. <laughs> what do you guys do? What does Space Force do? We ensure unfettered access to and freedom to maneuver in space. All right. Is there some fettering going on presently <laughs> that we don't know about? Like, is there, is, there a, is there a space war that we don't know about? There is not a space war that you don't know about. So. Space skirmish? Is there a space <laughs> skirmish we don't know about? Oh, that pause speaks volumes. <laughs> You're like, how much can I tell yes. this guy? Yes. Well, we, we know that there's been um, activity recently, right? And weapons are being tested by other nations. And it really should concern us that... Wait, we, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we yes. know that? We Meaning know that. you know it or you I know, know it? You know what that. do I know about what weapons are being tested in space? Is it the Ruskies? Are they up there shooting at our guy? Are they shooting at our satellites? Are no. they like, they're not? No. Are they ramming us? Is there any, like, because seriously, those things are going up there at 17,500 miles yeah. an hour. Are they, is it like, you know, doom, 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 ramming speed? <laughs> is, is it, you know, is it galleon kind of uh, battles? No. There's so no, what are they doing? There's no battles. What there is is an increasing amount of activity. There's more stuff up there. Just two or three years ago, we were tracking... Uh, a little over 20,000 objects in orbit. About 1,500 of them were man-made. And now there's nearly 50,000 objects and 5,000 of them are man-made. So it's becoming very, very busy. Well, wait a second. If man didn't make the others, are you saying aliens made the others? <laughs> no, did they, you just let the cat out of the bag? No, no, the I did not. The cat has three there's eyes? There's no cat. <laughs> there's no cat? No. Uh -huh. It looks like a cat. It's not no. actually a cat. <laughs> no? No. You also uh, monitor submarine-launched missiles. True? Yes. Okay. Why do you have to monitor all of space and some of the ocean? Is the Navy just that lazy? <laughs> no. But they're like, hey, you guys, would you take some of the ocean? We are tuckered out. No, no, it's because of where the, the missiles, where they the don't missiles stay go. underwater. They, right, they go through. Sure, but the missiles that are in space eventually hit the land. It's not like the Army takes it from there. You guys are the Space Force. Yes. Seems like the Navy's trying to give you some of the stuff they don't want to do. And it's cool. There's nobody from the Navy here, right? It's just us chickens. You're the Space Force's top enlisted officer, okay? Uh, I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked multiple people at NASA. They've asked me to stop asking it. Oh, great. But I won't. <laughs> because it's important. What I'm going to ask you, and we're both adults, and I need you to answer this question straight. Are people doing it in space? I do not know. Don't you think it would be important for people to do it in space so we know what that's like to propagate the human species on other planets and perhaps repopulate the Earth in case anything happens while people are in space? For science. For science. Are people doing it in space for science? I don't know. You don't, you don't know? Mm. Got to imagine anything goes, right? Because it's no gravity. That's better than a waterbed. <laughs> right? Waterbed's impossible, by the way. That's for the Navy. You guys are in space. Find the zero-G spot? No? This is when you're beginning to regret the interview. I apologize. You're a gentleman, and I shouldn't be doing this.
Let's get back to the aliens for just one second here. <laughs> if you had to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with an alien, okay, yeah. let's just keep something basic. I'm not saying a Gorn, all right? I'm not saying a Klingon or yeah. a Kazinti. I'm just saying, like, uh, a, a, a gray, okay? okay? Willowy, Lithuanian basketball player, kind of lanky. Which uh, starship captain would you emulate in your fighting? Are you going Captain Kirk, Reboot Kirk, Picard, Janeway? I'd probably go Han Solo. Wow. Very nice. So you just pew pew. He shot first. Why do space lasers go pew 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 pew? <laughs> Why do they make that sound? Pew pew. I don't know. By the way, um, if Han uh, was having sex in space, would he shoot first? <laughs> okay. That's a five star radar installation. Yes. I have heard that if I stand in front of that for like five minutes, it would boil the contents of my stomach. Is that true? <laughs> That's awfully graphic. It, it, would it cook me like a microwave? It. I wouldn't, yeah, I, I would not stand there. I've got interns <laughs> for college credit. We could have them wander in front of it. I don't think so. They're theater majors. It's not a big loss. <laughs> that thing detects ICBMs? Yes, sir. Okay, I bet when it's 40 below out here, every BM you take is IC. <laughs> I came 5,000 miles to make that joke. That, that is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I think our work this, is done here. Let's go back to the States. <laughs> I made a poop joke at the top of the world. When we come back, my epic Greenlandic saga continues. Stick around. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Gentlemen, for those of you just joining our broadcast tonight, I'm presenting my visit to Space Force's Thule Air Base deep inside the Arctic Circle in a series we're calling Red, White, and Greenland. Stephen Colbert is lost in Space Force because the network didn't want me to call it Stephen Colbert Arctic Circle Jerk. <laughs> now, in part two, we take a behind-the-scenes look at the U.S. military operations at the base. I wanted to see everything there was to see at Thule. And up first was the super cool 12th Space Warning Squadron. And so stuff in there is secret? There is secret stuff in there. And I get to go in? You can go in. Can these guys come in with us? No. They cannot come in.
can't tell you what I saw, but the thing I saw was the thing I was wondering whether I would see, and I saw it. I was excited to see all the other things I probably shouldn't, so I headed through the creepy hamster habit trail system that was built for Thule's long, harsh winters. I want you to know before you get me to whatever the kill floor is at the end of this tunnel that I am just no fun to hunt. <laughs> I give up immediately. I don't even beg well. Okay. Finally, I arrived at the 23rd Space Operations Squadron. Wow. <laughs> That's extraordinary. This is your cerebro? <laughs> is this how you track the mutants? Somebody puts on the headset? That's exactly right. Did you do that? No, I think you made Cerebro mad. So who runs this? Sergeant Shoot does. Sergeant Shoot? Hey, Sergeant Shoot. Hello, sir. What is this dish communicating with, Sergeant? It's communicating with weather satellites and GPS satellites, communication satellites, intel satellites. Sergeant, is there any chance I could ride the satellite dish while it moves? I don't believe so, sir. What's the worst that can happen? Well, there is some radiation if it starts transmitting. So how much warning do you get before this thing gets set on popcorn mode? There are some warning lights that activate, and there is a siren that goes off if it's going to start radiating. Okay. Are there really cool things about this job that you can't tell me about? Yes. Tell me. <laughs> no, sir. Can it shoot beams? Can it shoot a beam out of it? Uh, no, sir. Does it have offensive capabilities? No, sir. Could you tell me if it did? No, sir. Well, there you have it. Two plus two equals four. This thing is a... If that wasn't terrifying enough, I was invited to see how the men and women of the Space Force monitor for the launch of nuclear missiles aimed at the continental U.S. Now, this is just going to be a simulated attack, right? Correct. Yes, sir. So I probably should just have virtual pants to crap. Yes, sir. Okay. Once you detect an incoming, let's say, intercontinental ballistic missile armed with thermonuclear warheads. How long between detection and it getting to its target, generally speaking, are we talking here? Roughly 15 to 30 minutes. 15 to 30 minutes? Yes, sir. Correct. I... It's to give enough time for the National Command Authority to depart Washington, D.C. So really? to get on the airplane. Really? And and so they the can air. get the hell out of Dodge. Absolutely. Yes. And Continuity if that happened, would you tell the people of the United States that this attack was coming? So we don't tell anybody but Missile Warning Center. Okay. All right. I'm ready, I'm ready for a simulation, whenever you are. So you can see on the screen these yellow lines. So in the sim, we've, uh, we've projected New York, Washington, D.C., L.A., and was it Quebec? Ottawa. Ottawa. Does Ottawa have nuclear launch capabilities? Do the Canadians have nukes? Okay, they just have nukes? Okay, I know. It's funny to think. Canada's being dangerous. That's ridiculous. They're very lovely people. All right, no, what's it's up? Starting, it's starting to come. We have bogey? Force displays, no malfunctions, no sims. No sim is valid. No sim. This is Thule, site report is valid. Number of objects is four. Now, would that be a submarine launch based on its location of where it started? Yes, sir. And would you be this calm while this was going on? I'd like to think so, sir. Okay. 
So exactly. who did you call when this started? Like, well, you picked up the red phone over there. Was that the White House? Who'd you call? Um, I was calling Missile Warning Center, so just making sure that they're seeing what I'm seeing. Uh -huh. And what and do you say to them? This is Thule, standby for site reporting. Have you received an LMPI? Okay. So are you also seeing this data as well? Okay, do you say anything before that? Because that sounds kind of like abrupt and frankly rude. It, it is quite abrupt. Everybody's on a timeline. But there's no reason to be rude. I mean, I know it's the end of the world, but there's phone etiquette. I've worked at the Missile Warning Center, so. Oh, yeah? I've, I've been the guy on the other end of the phone. Okay. So. And when they call, yes. would you appreciate a little like, hey, what's going on, Sergeant Pierce? What's going on? I hear you got a new haircut. It looks great. By the way, there's been a missile launched and have a great day. Like, that's not so hard. It didn't take any time at all. Uh, no, we would actually prefer the clear and size, uh, concise communication. You can, do, bo you can do both. And what's that big red phone for? So the big red phone, that is our Milstar phone. I'm sorry, the what? Milstar? So Milstar is our last lines of communications after a nuclear attack. Um, so hypothetically, if a nuclear attack were to happen, we would still have communications with people that we need to pass, continue passing data on. So, so that's the post-nuclear attack phone. Yes, correct. And who picks that up on the other end? Hopefully somebody. Miss Or the mutant spice lord that now rules what used to be the United States with his roaming gangs of half-nude warrior if he's motorcycle now, gangs. If he's working at the Missile Warning Center, then yes. Okay. How many Milstar phones are there? There's about a dozen. Yeah. There's about a dozen of them? That, that's one of a dozen? Yes, sir. So can you tell me where they are? Like White House has got one, I assume? Mm, yep. Cheyenne Mountain's Cheyenne got one? Cheyenne Mountain, yep. Missile Warning Center in, in Cheyenne Mountain has one. Oprah's um, got one. All the missile warning sites have one. So that is the scariest piece of equipment I've ever seen in my life. There. That literally, that phone is designed to function af after a, a, a nuclear exchange. Correct. So if you would like to uh, sit at a console, we, they can, uh, we have our, our trainer and evaluator here, if you would Where like would to. I, what, shall I be in the evaluator and with the trainer? Where do I? Uh, I'll let you take this seat, sir. That Thank way she can be crew commander. Thank you, <laughs> but I'll walk you through it if you like. Great. Great. Lieutenant? Yes. What do I do? Um, okay, and you would make the PA. So using this phone, there's a PA button. Mm -hmm. And you would say, um, implement site reporting, implement site reporting. Shalom. Everything's fine. It's all, it's all good. Nothing to worry about. Live your life to the fullest. I love you. Next. Okay. Okay. Next, we would say you would say, "Okay, I didn't do it," or "There's no sim," which there is no sim. No sim. I didn't do it. Perfect. I didn't do it as well, so it is a valid cyberpoint. But wouldn't you be happy if I had done it? It, it would be a better day. Exactly. I was just wondering, because you seemed fairly cheerful that I had not done it, and that confused me for a moment. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Were, it's were. an actual launch. Okay. And um, at what point do you pick up the phone and call the new mutant leader? So ideally, we never use we that never phone. Use that phone. Um, I'm, that not, I'm not saying phone. it's a goal. Yeah, so that's the backup phone. I'm not phone. trying to encourage this sort of thing. Matter of fact, I'm, I'd be thrilled if you never picked so, it up. So it's just a backup if the other phones don't work. It's just a backup in case the world's coming to an end. Exactly. That's all. It's, yeah. just, it's just a safety net in case uh, there's been a thermonuclear war. Right. No biggie. Yeah. It's, 
What was that? Who's that? That's the cameraman. Okay. You're fired. I apologize. Apologize for the language. When we come back, I do karaoke and shots with service members at the top of the world. Stick around. It has been my honor to share with you my trip to Thule Air Base high in the Arctic of Greenland. It is a beautiful but desolate place so far north that while I was there, the sun was up 24 hours a day, and yet still, I could not get a tan. <laughs> but I was honored to meet so many of the Space Force service members who are known as Guardians. They had they'd shown me the hard work and dedication they put into keeping the rest of us safe, so I figured I'd repay them by showing them what I do best telling jokes and drinking alcohol. I wanted to thank the service members at Thule for making me feel at home. So I invited them out for a night of fun at the Top of the World Bar, and they all came. I hope someone was watching the radars. Please welcome the host of The Late Show, Stephen Colbert! <laughs> Hello, Thule Airbase. Good evening, or good morning, or whatever the f- time it is up here. <laughs> It's my honor to be here today. And thank you all for coming here tonight. I mean, y'all could be anywhere right now. You could be in your room or outside getting, like, rocks for your collection. And that, that's about it. But still, you chose to be here, and I am honored to be with you. Unfortunately, I can only visit your base for about 24 hours, but I know most of you will be here for a year. Or to put that in Thule terms, about two sunsets. <laughs> and that's the kind of a commitment I'm talking about. Not only have you chosen to serve your country, you chose to serve it here. You chose to go someplace so far north that the compass points west. So far north, the northern lights are south here. So far north, you can smell when Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer takes a crap. And yes, it smells like candy canes. And while the Space Force may be the newest branch, in the armed forces. Your mission to protect our interests in space and expand our satellite communication capabilities is important to all Americans. But there's one thing about the Space Force I have to address right here. Every other branch of the military has their own anthem. Anchors away. Halls of Montezuma. Wild blue yonder. But I recently found out the Space Force is so new that while you've got a 120-year-old Sousa march called the Invincible Eagle... It doesn't have any lyrics yet. That ends tonight. <laughs> or today. Again, what <laughs> time is it? I wanted to give them a Space Force anthem to be proud of, but I couldn't do it alone. So to help me, I smuggled up Grammy Award-winning country music star and Navy vet, Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> Guardians whose gay skyward curvature 
One last mission, Operation Buy Everyone Around, and tear the roof off the base with some hot karaoke. And I can't go on. The Chief Master Sergeant of the United States Space Force burned this mother down. He sang what this bass is really all about, Radar Love. Profoundly grateful to be able to experience everything these troops do up here to keep us safe back home. It was a trip that I'd never forget, but it was eventually time to leave this isolated base at the top of the world, and as I took off, one thought filled my mind. No, we forgot Sturgill Simpson! Steven! 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 Thank you, Sturgill Simpson, for joining me up at Thule. Sturgill, I promise. I promise I'll come back as soon as the sun comes back. And when we return, I'll answer candid questions from some of the service members. Stick around. That just about does it for our special look at my trip to Thule Air Base in northern Greenland. I want to thank the USO for making it happen, but I especially want to thank the brave service members, the guardians and the airmen stationed up there at the top of the world. They were such gracious hosts and indulged all my dumb, dumb questions. So before flying home, I agreed to answer some questions of theirs. Anybody got a question? Uh, my, my wife asked me if, if there was an intimate moment I, I got alone with you, which we have right here. <laughs> Listen, I'll do anything for the truth. <laughs> what, what happens in Thule stays in Thule because there are no flights out of here. Okay, so what's the intimate moment you're looking for? 2009. What? She was in Iraq. No it way, was she was at the Alpha when we took the show over there? Get your head shaved by General Odenero. Yeah, he did, she he shaved it. He wanted me to say hi to you. And when did Odierno shave your head? Uh, <laughs> please. Uh, please give your, give your wife my best. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, he did, actually. 
I went and hung out with Dave. I'd been on a show 10 times. And then when about a week and a half before he left, I said, could I come see you? And he said, sure. And when you went to Dave's office, no one could get into Dave's office on that part of the floor. It was glassed off with a glass door that had no key. You had to have your thumbprint recognized by a biometric reader on the wall to let you in, okay? That gives you some idea of how private of a man he is. And I went in and I just asked him like- They don't even have those here in the like- <laughs> No, we walked right into that damn this thing. We could have been anybody. We're in show business, we're completely untrustworthy. Uh, I just asked him, I said, um, uh, could you mind if I ask you a few things about doing the show? He goes, sure, man, shoot. So I said, hey, the, there's a balcony. That's kind of different than most of the theaters where people do this. How do you relate to the balcony? And where did you pick where you were on stage? And why is your desk over here? And how far away is Paul Schaefer? And, and I said, wait a second, I'm sorry, Dave. Am I asking you too many questions? And he goes, no, Stephen, I'm, I'm happy to answer this. No one's ever asked me this stuff before. I said, no one? 32 years of hosting the show, no one's ever asked you this? And he goes, who? would know to ask and who would care what the answer was. And that was the nicest thing he could say, which is to say, like, you understand what my job is. And then he told me stories about Johnny Carson. And, that was the <laughs> and then he said, I'll show you how to drive the elevator, because the elevators in the Ed Sullivan Theater are brass-handled, old-fashioned elevators from 1927. And he showed me how to drive it, and then he got out and left, and it was like a dad had handed me the keys to the building. It was really beautiful. He couldn't have been sweeter about it. I'm sweeter about it. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Who's your least favorite late talk show host? Who's my least favorite talk show host? Oh, I think the song's about ready. It's all of them. Thanks again to everyone stationed at Thule and Chief Master Sergeant Roger A. Toberman, Semper Supra! Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.